Hello and welcome back to another episode of 99 Problems But A Boss Ain't One, the podcast that tackles your freelance challenges one episode at a time. I'm Katie Carlisle, one of your co-hosts, and I run The Wheel Exists, a Squarespace web design and training business. My name's Michelle Pratt, and I run the personal development training and coaching business, Dive Deeper Development. And today we're going to be talking about hitting refresh. So sometimes in your business, you'll find yourself needing to change direction or make some tweaks to your business. So in this episode, we're going to talk about why we want to hit that refresh button and what to bear in mind when we do it. And the reason that we're talking about this is that I had a coaching session with Michelle a couple of weeks ago. Um, we were talking about it last week after our previous recording um, and we thought it might be a good topic. So um, I, what I was saying to Michelle in, in the coaching session that I had with her was that I've been freelance for six years now and I feel that I'm getting a little bit bored of my business. Not to the extent that I want to completely burn it to the ground and start again. But my previous work, before I was freelance, the longest I ever stayed in one place was three years. And I tended to leave after about the three year mark because I got bored. Things would become too easy or too routine. And I just wasn't feeling like I had anything new or shiny or new challenges or anything like that. And so I'd leave and try and find a new challenge or a new job. And so with my business I've obviously stuck it out for longer because I've been able to tweak things along the way and kind of keep myself interested but I was really noticing recently that I was sort of just just falling out of love with it a little bit and just just feeling like it needed a bit of a change so we thought this could be a good good thing to kind of unpack a little bit in this episode and Michelle obviously you're very experienced at dealing with change that's pretty much a big part of your job yeah yeah, absolutely. Do you know what, Katie? I think it makes perfect sense that people want might want to do it. I think I, I find, particularly people I coach as well, that p- when you go self-employed, you tend to go, you tend to just do whatever you did when you were employed. A lot of people do anyway. But quite often, what you did when you were employed was what you were given to do. I mean, you may have had so, some vague inclination towards it, but you you end it, you pretty much end up doing what you're what you're good at. And as we've discussed on episode twenty nine, what you're good at is not necessarily your strength and what brings you joy so I think it's only when you've been in business a few years you find you discover the bits that really which are really place your strengths where you're really adding value to people and the bits that really make you happy and of course that that's a never-ending process so you you learn something when you first set up a business but then only once you've run that business for a few years do you really learn more about yourself so you're always changing and I think there's always going to be that need there isn't there to refresh from time to time yeah definitely like I've definitely changed as a a person and as a freelancer since I first started and so I think maybe that's part of it I want to make sure my business is reflecting where I am now not where I was when I first started and I think there's quite a lot of other good reasons that that you know other people might want to make changes as well so it might not be a, a feeling that you have like it was with me it might be a very pragmatic decision um, based on new opportunities, you know, rather than in, in order to make yourself fall back in love with your business. And that is a legitimate reason to change as well. If you can motivate yourself to do a better job, but actually it might be to take advantage of, of something on the horizon or to avoid a potential pitfall as well yeah there's a lot of Um, change out there isn't it lots of change technology and nobody's doing the job the same way that they were five years ago think about how you did your job five years ago it wouldn't look anything like it my job doesn't look the same five years ago i wouldn't be doing virtual delivery so good good reason to change isn't it 
Exactly. And recognizing that actually probably, like you say, you probably have changed, even if it wasn't something where you sat down and thought, I am going to make this change and plan it out and it's going to be strategic. You've probably changed a lot without even realizing it in kind of little increments. And it's good to recognize that and look at how you manage that and how that affected you and everything else. Um, so it can actually give you an excuse or an opportunity to talk about what you're doing. So when you're kind of in the daily grind of the of work, it can be quite hard to think of new and interesting ways to talk about what you're doing. Like, oh, hi, I'm making another Squarespace website and or I'm working for another client. Or And, and actually doing something new is a chance to let your kind of audience know okay here's what's happening and just remind people so you know if you're if you're doing a tweet to say like oh you know this is what I'm doing as my new business actually there might be people out there that have been kind of following you for a while and then just that one tweet is enough to make them go oh okay yep because um, I think it's quite hard to just to, to sort of say by the way here's a reminder of what I do without sounding really self-promotional. But I think if you're announcing a change, it's a bit different and it feels a bit easier to, to sell, as it were. Um, and I think it's also an opportunity to get ahead of the competition. And I'm gonna use competition in air quotes because we talked about uh, a couple of episodes ago in episode 38, we sort of said, is there, you know, do you, do, is there such a thing as competition? Um, but to get ahead of other people who deliver similar uh, similar content or just to kind of put yourself in the best position relative to the rest of your industry um, and I think the other thing is just that like stagnating isn't necessarily very healthy I think it's good to change like you see the businesses that did stagnate and didn't you know Blockbuster is the classic example that always gets wheeled out of like you know, they said they weren't worried about Netflix as, as competition or anything like that. And they kept trying to sell their, their physical media in stores and it didn't work for them. So I think sometimes you have to think, like, am I going to get left behind if I don't change? So that's the other thing, rather than it being a, you know, taking advantage of opportunities to make sure you don't get left behind. Michelle, is there any other reasons why it would be good to make a change? Yeah, I just think if your personal circumstances have changed as well, so people get married, people have children, people relocate, and you know, quite a lot of us want our business to fit really well with our lives. And of course, as you get older and as life changes, your business maybe doesn't suit you, or the way that you do business may not suit you either. So as we say, everything's constantly changing, as we discussed in a previous episode, and sometimes you might want your business to reflect that too. Yeah, and I think, like, I mean... I another final reason to change might be that yeah if if you're in a position where it's really not going well and you don't have that much to lose then it's worth gambling on a change because the change can you know we're we're talking about change in a positive sense here but there is a risk associated with change so it also probably makes sense if to do it when you're in a financially and mentally in in a reasonably good place i mean as freelancers are our financial and mental health is sometimes a bit precarious and that's just part of part parcel of it sometimes it shouldn't be but it is for most of us but i think if you've if you've kind of if you're either at a point where do you know what it's worth the gamble or when you're in a position to say if it doesn't work out i can i can take this you know i've got other options you know because you don't have to change everything at once you can do a small experiment or something like that so yeah and that's the thing about refreshing 
sooner rather than later isn't it because like you say you could have a refresh when you've got nothing else to lose things are so bad that not changing will um you know will be disastrous but ideally you if you're going to have a bit of a refresh you want to do it like you say katie when you're in a good place or you do it incrementally while the going is good fix the roof while the sun is shining as they say yeah yeah and actually choose try and choose a, a a time to do it that makes sense with your business as well so for me, a logical time normally would have been to do it, to do a change, to kind of do a refresh over the summer when it's quieter. But I just had a lot going on this summer because of all my like personal circumstances and house moving and selling and all that. Um, so I didn't. So for me, it's probably going to be over Christmas that I do the big changes when it's a bit quieter. Um, but, you know, do think about the... the um, timings of your business if you're really busy in a particular month that probably isn't the best time to actually be sitting down and having time for reflection unless you've booked it out and you've planned that in and you're okay with saying no to some work in order to prioritize your business which is also valid if you can afford it financially um so let's maybe look at when you shouldn't make a change like are there some circumstances michelle in which it doesn't necessarily make sense to change things up yeah, and I, I just think it's kind of maybe think about what you're changing for because I think sometimes people change because I don't know, just there's, there's something else going on in their lives. And sometimes there's lots of stuff going on in your life that you can't control, but you can control your business. So um, you might be tempted to start meddling with your business because it's the one area in your life in which you, you know you can change and be successful. But if it's a response to something else, just be mindful. So I think if you are, you know, going through a divorce, if you're going through a major life change, um, it doesn't rule out a refresh, but it's probably not great to do it. Births, deaths, marriages, all that kind of thing. Moving house, as we know, Katie, probably <laughs> yeah. probably not a great time to to do it. I think if you're going to refresh, you want to do it well, and you need energy, don't you? You need, you need the mental and physical energy in order to be able to do it. Yeah, so when you're in a position to handle the the change and to feel good about it, I think as well, because if you don't feel good about it, then chances are you're not going to kind of sell it as well as you would have done. Like, you know, if if you're a bit down about the change, then chances are that will reflect on how you talk about it. Um, And I think, yeah, like, don't, I would say don't change just for the sake of it. So... Like sometimes that could be okay. I mean, my change isn't for the sake of it exactly, but it is, it's not necessarily grounded in strategic business decision-making, but I will be looking at the impact on the financial side and the strategic side of the business as part of the change. But for me, it is more driven by, no, I want to change because I want to change. But it shouldn't be just because you're like, oh, okay, yeah, I guess I should, I guess I feel like I ought to change now. So let's do it. If everything's going well, then don't, don't do it just for the sake of it. Or just like, because it's a trend either. So, you know, you do, you do see, like, we've all seen brands out there and we're like, why on earth did they meddle with a good thing? Like, why did they totally change a brand? And quite, there's some famous stories of obviously businesses having to change back again. Um, I don't know if you know, Royal Mail changed to Insignia a few years back. I don't even remember that. They very oh, quickly really? had to walk it back. Yeah, big yeah. companies had to have to turn around logos. So yeah, I mean, it might seem trendy. Yeah, Cocoa or... Pops was another one. Yeah, what did they go to? Like Choco, Choco Pops or Choco, something. Yeah, they did. Something yeah, stupid. it's not always a good thing. Sometimes I do wonder if it's a bit of a publicity stunt, though, with those things. Well, I don't know. It was a hell of an expensive one, but um, <laughs> yeah. But sometimes that like, is a bit of a trend or a bit of a change, or and, and I think. 
you know, sometimes changes in other businesses work really well for them, but it might not achieve your goals. So I think just be mindful of, of what you're doing it for again. Yeah. Yeah. Don't do it just because other businesses are doing it and you feel like you should or because your competition are doing it. And I think also don't do it because you've got, again, well-meaning advice from friends or family or other freelancers telling you to do it. If everyone is telling you something, there might be a reason for it and it might be worth looking at, but don't let, don't do it just because they're saying, oh, you should do this. Or yeah, you know, someone down the pub said, oh, I've heard that this is the next big thing. And then you're like, okay, great, I'll do it. Yeah. Take the time to do the research yourself as well. Or if you're in a freelancer Um, group and everyone in the freelancer group is doing it and like, because sometimes you do feel left out. I know that sounds weird, but like if everyone else is jumping on something and doing something, it's like when all your friends get married or have kids and if you're like the only one not getting married or having kids, you're like, oh, everyone else's lives are moving on and mine's staying the same. And actually that might just be okay. (laughs) Yeah. And actually, I mean, like that, that, that it's interesting. It's a really good analogy in the sense that sometimes even if it's your choice, you still feel a bit the odd one out. Yeah. So like, I'm being left I, behind. I haven't got. Well, I don't see it as being left behind, but it's still something because I I I don't know. I sometimes feel ahead of the people who've got married and had kids yeah. because I've got more freedom and flexibility just to like get about and stuff. So I set up my own business and move to the yeah. seaside and stuff. But um, but I think a definite it sets me apart. Yeah, like you, you've spotted this thing in your friendship group as well. I think like people getting divorced all at the same time. What's all that about? Like yeah, couples all yeah. split up around the same time. It's like, oh, what's going on? There's something in the air. Yeah. But I think that's it. Because like, yeah, like a big chunk of my friends are married with kids and, or at least married. And, and, and yeah, and I'm not. And I, th- I think it's that sort of, you just notice, oh, right. Okay. Yeah, this, this is diff- I am I am now different to them. And I've made different life choices. I don't. I don't necessarily feel left out or left behind, but it's noticeable, and I think it can make you uncomfortable if you're not very sure and grounded in your own decision. Whereas I'm like totally fine with not having babies and not getting married, so it, I don't feel left out at all. Um, and I feel like I'm financially definitely better off, so <laughs> it's all good. Um, so when we talk about business changes, just just kind of clarify for people as well we could just be talking about a few tweaks here we could be talking about like a rebrand or it could be like a radical change in direction so let's have a look a bit more at what you should think about when making any kind of change whether it is a little change or a a kind of big business level change so michelle what should we think about so I think, you know me, Katie, we talk about this a lot. I think know your why. So think to the point after you've made the brand refresh or after you've refreshed your business, what are you going to have or what are you going to see, what are you going to hear, what are you going to feel afterwards that lets you know it's successful, not just for measuring your success, but also the purpose. So what, what are you hoping to get from it? So you can aim, aim yourself for a change, but once you've got the change, what will it do for you? And just be really clear. So this could be for very strategic business reasons, as we've discussed, such as changing technology or changing customer needs, but also for you. So is it your work-life balance? Um, is that the purpose for the refresh? It doesn't fit your lifestyle anymore? Or is it that you're not... You know, sometimes we just get pulled out of out of focus. We get offered work, which isn't really our thing, but we, we take it because it's good and then something similar comes along a similar comes along we end up in a box so just be really clear 
or do you want you know flexibility or is it even anything just nothing to do with business some people feel a bit of angst or things are changing in their lives and they think that changing their business will say will solve the issue so I get this quite a lot uh, again in coaching where people change their business actually it's a it's probably like a much bigger issue with with some frustration in their life but it, they play out in the business place because it's really tangible and clear so I think you just got to be really clear on what you're hoping to get and then keep that as your focus so whenever you're making a decision about what do I change it's really easy to get excited about possible changes but just be really clear are they still delivering the thing that you want to get out of making that business refresh that's where I'd start Katie and I think as well actually like like you were saying there about kind of it's it's really tempting to sometimes make bigger changes than you actually need to because either of other stuff going on in your life or just because it's exciting and, and everything it's like oh okay well actually I've got this kind of blank canvas what could I do yeah but I think sometimes if you if you go back to your why then you might realize it's only a really little tweak that you need to make like when I'm talking about changing my business it's not going to be anything completely radical I'm still going to do Squarespace but I'm just focusing on what actually brings me the most joy within that. So what for me, the big change is, is trying to move more towards working with other designers and then making me, me focusing on the actual building and creation of the website, because that's what I love. I love making stuff. I love figuring out creative solutions for how to make it work in the way that the client wants it to work and doing the little customizations. And I can do nice designs, but it doesn't bring me as much joy as actually tweaking, you know, fiddling under the proverbial bonnet of Squarespace is what I love doing. And so, and training, doing more training. So they're the two things that I want to focus on. And especially working with the other like creative, doing my kind of training for creatives. So, you know, creating my competition basically. Um, Because I find working with those people is that they're so excited about Squarespace and that's what I really want is to work with people who are really excited about Squarespace rather than try and force it on people who are a bit ambivalent so um, I think that that's where I'm moving to and actually it isn't a huge tweak but it could have a big impact yeah um, but well. you know why you want to do so, it as well like I think you're quite clear yeah. on, on a personal level what you want to feel like for you for you um without divulging too much it was quite you know it was a feeling and a sentiment of what you want to get out of your business as opposed to you want to hit a financial target or a target just a new customer base it was yeah I've not thought about the finances at all that's part of what I need to do well yeah well you you have you said you did you've got that but I think it was just being really clear and yeah like it was a a feeling and uh, the way you want your business to work as well as actually what you want to be doing in the day-to-day and I think both of those are cool um so it's good that you've got that in mind as you go through but I think it's also important not to throw the baby out with the bathwater. so like you say Kate it could be really small changes so I think if if sometimes if particularly if I'm coaching someone and they say oh I want to make a massive change the first thing I want to know is why so what's driving it but also if if, if someone says that if they come to me and they said oh I, I want to do some coaching because I want to make a, a just a total refresh in my business. If I get this sense, it's a it's a knee jerk reaction, or of that the, the the change is so swift or so big, and it feels like a, a knee jerk reaction to something. Then I think just just the kind of focus is going to be a little bit on okay, well let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater here. If you've got a customer base who love you, who are your champions, um, perhaps you could start with looking at how you serve those don't cut those people loose and the other thing as well they're probably going to give you feedback so if you ask that if you want to try something new then maybe 
within that customer base people who are willing to experiment with you and try new products or services and even if they're not related to the service or the, the product that they've bought from you in the first place so they could be a great great source of feedback and a, a great people to test and experiment with and that might give you uh, you know the, a little bit of the excitement and the refresh but also give you some really tangible data to work with so you know it's a practical decision as well as a as a, a creative one yeah, I think definitely the talking to, to your audience is a really good place to start. If you're kind of feeling that you want to change, but you're not sure how, or, I mean, a classic a classic change that a lot of businesses make, and, um, you know, a lot of the time it works really well, uh, is moving from a, a kind of service, kind of time in exchange for money model to more of a passive income. And again, that's air quotes passive because I don't believe in passive income because you have to do a lot of work. So it's not passive, but it's just a different model. It's either creating online courses or a digital product or something to target the similar audience, but to share your knowledge and skills or to create a product rather than selling your time and your services. So that's a classic one to use. And a lot of the businesses I think that do it well are the ones that engage with their customers first about it. So Paul Jarvis, who everyone by now knows I'm obsessed with, um, he used to be, so he's a, a freelance, uh, freelance, I guess he calls himself freelance writer and trainer now probably, but he used to be a web developer. And so he'd create, he'd, he'd do all these web design courses and he was, he's been freelancing for years, since the mid nineties, I think. Um, and so he had a lot of experience about freelancing and he found a lot of people in his audience were asking him questions about freelancing and he was writing a lot about freelancing and people were interested in it. And so he reached out to them and said, would you be interested in a course about how to be an effective freelancer? And they were like, yes, because he built up that reputation and he didn't, you know, he didn't just go from being a web developer to just creating a course without having an audience. He had a group of people who could inform what worked for him and who he could kind of get the input from about what they actually wanted rather than creating something that he thought that they wanted and that they didn't. Um, I mean, I'm a big fan of the whole minimum viable product yeah, approach, totally. like MVP, you might have seen that. Um, and, and and so that the idea behind that is that yeah rather than hiding away and creating something new for three years and then launching it and finding no one wants it is to create something as basically and quickly as you can what's the minimum you can do to get feedback and talk to people especially if you don't have an audience already um it's easier if you've already got an audience that you can market to but if you haven't yeah try something small um, so if you're thinking of doing a training course, maybe start with a free download or a very, you know, a small module or, you know, don't necessarily record all the videos first. Sometimes you can pre-sell things. That's something people do, you know, like that's the whole kind of Kickstarter model of gauge the interest before you actually build the product. Um, again, that works best if you've got an audience already. Um, but there's lots of different ways of how can, what's the smallest kind of thing I can do to get a proof of this concept and find out if people actually want to buy it. Yeah, I, I, I think you're quite right. And, and just to like proof of concept, but also you can build an audience by testing things out with small groups as exactly. well. Yeah. So, um, you know, it, it's not as attractive or as sexy as a total rebrand or a refresh, but it's the whole thing as well that if you 
you, you could just test it on small small groups like a little pilot group to test it and give you feedback for and it's the whole thing as well like we've i think we've discussed before you don't have to quit your job to go freelance you could do it on the side for a little bit first to get your confidence to get your skill to get money to get an audience going and it's true when you're already in a business or you're already freelancing you could just pick up a few gigs of the the you know the new product or the new service and then build it slowly and it's it's again it's not it doesn't have to be a knee jerk either or it's not like oh i've got to refresh the whole thing you could just you know go to people and say hey i'm trying a new thing are you interested in uh, being my guinea pig and it's amazing how many people yeah. agree to be guinea pigs and crash test dummies for you <laughs> Exactly. And I think just what other services can you offer if, if that's something you want to kind of broaden what you do? What can you offer to existing clients who already are used to paying you money? Um, so there's an example I heard at a conference a few years ago where someone was talking about um, this guy who used to sell swimming pools to kind of to people in America. And then the recession hit and people didn't want to buy swimming pools anymore. And then he had this business mentor who said to him, OK, well, all the people that you've already installed swimming pools for, how are they maintaining them at the moment? And he's like, oh, I don't know. And he's like, well, could you go back to them and offer maintenance services? Because they probably don't want to be doing it themselves. So they're either letting it go or maybe they're using somebody else, but you've already got a relationship with them and you know the product because you gave you sold it to them. And so then he set up this the sort of second arm of his business, which was the was maintenance of the pools. And that ended up taking over and being the, the bigger element of his business. So it's like, what can you, you know, don't don't reinvent the wheel. What can you, what can you repurpose in terms of relationships with clients, uh, rather than feeling like you have to build a whole new audience? Just ask them as well. What other problems do you have that I could solve? Or yeah. if there's a particular area you want to go into, I'm thinking of expanding more in this area. What problems do you have that I could that I could solve with these skills or this product? Right? Or if I could invent it for you, what would make your life easier? And of course, those people. That's are such a good to... question. Hmm. Yeah, that is such a good question. I'm going to use that question. Yeah. I mean, you might, they might tell you they want you to do the ironing or something like that. So you might need to refocus <laughs> the question slightly, but you know what I mean. Yeah. And also that, the, the other thing to mention there is don't feel like you have to then do the answer. So if everyone says, oh, actually, yeah, what we really want is this, but that's not something you want to do. You don't have to do it. Like if everyone said to me, oh, actually, what we really want is somebody that we can pay on retainer to go in and make small edits to the text on the website and to upload blog posts onto the website. Will you do that? I'd be like, nope. Yeah, no, <laughs> you don't have to. Me. And, yeah. and so, you know, but there are plenty of people out there that already do that, you know, get a virtual assistant, they're great with that sort of thing. Um, but you don't have to do it. But it is, in, you know, if, if a lot of people are asking you the same question, that could be a good sign for a potential opportunity definitely um like like my other half was saying the other day um i think i don't know if it was him that saw this or he heard it secondhand from a friend but there was a shop and they had in the shop window a sign that said no we do not sell batteries and the th so they must have put that sign there because so many people came in and asked to buy batteries and he was like why don't they just sell, sell batteries? batteries yeah <laughs> like <laughs> But, you know, you'd think that if you're a shop, and maybe there's a reason why they don't want to sell batteries, but, you know, it seems like the very obvious solution yeah. to, rather than saying, no, sorry, we don't sell them. So look look for those those signs um, that, that maybe people are wanting you to do something a bit different. For me, it's MailChimp, actually. 
A lot of people oh, are asking okay. about Mailchimp at the moment. What integration? Especially in terms of how it integrates, integrates in, how it integrates with Squarespace. Mailchimp have changed a little bit recently, um, and so they, it's a bit different to how it works. And so, and, and I think it's a bit harder to get your head around how it works. And so, people are setting it up and not really being sure about it. And I'm on the fence about whether I want to do it or not. So that's the decision I need to make. But it's it, it, that's my batteries. You know, a, a lot of people are asking me to help for help, not just with Squarespace, but setting up Mailchimp as well. Yeah. So I need to decide whether I'm going to sell Mail, Mailchimp batteries. But like you say, you don't have to do it yourself. But if you were getting a lot of requests, exactly. like you say, if you've got requests for people like retainer work, you could subcontract yeah. it out. So you could offer the service under your brand, but you could just yeah. be the introducer. Whether you wanted to do it as an introducer, whether you wanted to That's do it That's it. As I don't manager. want to manage someone and have no. that worry. Or, um, there's ways of but yeah, doing no, it's, it's a good point. Yeah, exactly. Or yeah, a, an really affiliate an affiliate kind of thing where, you know, you get a, yeah, a percentage exactly. for, for putting work people's way. Yeah. So again, you've got options. Um, from all um, of this. and also Paul Jarvis does a Mailchimp class, so I can just signpost people to him. Yeah, that's true. So there you are. Like, just go, just all go good. to Paul Jarvis. Just go to Paul Jarvis. But the other good thing about this, you know, testing a preset concept or doing it on the side of your current business, you know, just creating a, a few hours to do a very small thing, is it, it again? It helps you with the finances thing because if you make a huge leap, then you've probably got to have like a, a, a rainy day pot or a buffer financially to be able to absorb the cost. Uh, but also yeah. for investment as well. Whereas actually, if you do, if you try new ideas on the side or just do a little bit of a refresh or a tweet to begin with, if it generates income, then that's more money in the pot for for investing in that area as well. So it, it's good for, in terms of your time and your energy and your creativity and the customer feedback, but it also probably helps uh, the, the, the finances as well. The only thing I would say with that yeah. though is don't let the money be an excuse not to change. If you've got the money or if you could generate the money for your MVP, then... Um, then don't let that be an excuse for not making the leap. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the way I'm approaching it is I'm I'm kind of taking on pretty much any projects at the moment. Um, maybe not MailChimp, but yeah, any Squarespace projects. Um, and for the next three months, I'm just going to work pretty intensively. Um, you know, probably more than I'd be comfortable doing most of the time. Uh, work, you know, it's like your longer days and everything. But with the aim that by the end of the year, I've got a buffer of, um, you know, money so that when I do go into the new year and I do start making some changes, if it takes a while for the income from that to come in, I'm not panicking. Um, and I think that was one of the things that I identified when I was speaking to you, Michelle, was that the one of the reasons that I hadn't made the changes was because of the unknown impact financially. And actually then I worked out, okay, yeah, I just need to, I just need to get a bit of a bigger buffer and, I've mapped out how I think I can get there. Uh, even if I fall slightly short from my target, it's still going to give me enough to to try a little bit. So I think that was really helpful, just kind of working out not just my why for changing, but my my what was potentially stopping me from changing. And is there a practical thing that I could do? Because I hadn't really realised that I felt uncomfortable about money until talking it through with you. And yeah. that, that was the reason for me not changing. I was like, oh, I haven't got time or I haven't got the mental space for it. But actually, I think a big part of it came down to worrying about money. Yeah. And, so, and it was more feasible than you thought as well. It was like, oh, yeah, this is it an was, issue. Yeah. Oh, no, actually, hang on a minute. That's workable. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's like, actually, I can probably get that in two months. It's fine. You know. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it, I think that, that change of perspective and working out what what my actual barriers were to change was really helpful yeah. as well sometimes the prospect is worse than the than the act the reality once you get it out of your head and that's where speaking to yeah. other business people is great yeah 
Exactly. And yeah, I think speak to other business people, use them as a reference, but don't let them steamroll you and don't let them be the ultimate decision. Yeah, makers. and their experience isn't the same as yours. So like it's the whole adage, if you do what someone else has done, you'll get what they've got, but you might not want that. And and, and you might not want yeah. a bit of what they've got, but then you're going to have to do a bit and of what they did. And also you can't... Yeah. Act- you can't even guarantee that you'll get what they've got because they did they did it at a particular time in a particular place and you can't replicate those situations so that's not even a guarantee if you follow every step they might just have been at the right time for the market and you might be six months later and that might make the difference so it's you know you can try and you'll probably have some success if you want you know you'll probably be able to replicate a bit of what they have but there's no guarantee it might work better for you you just don't know um so I think, yeah, doing it doing it exactly how other people have doesn't always make sense. But you can use some of their ideas as a kind of starting point, you know, get inspiration from people. And if enough people have done it one way and it's worked, then that is a, a signal that that generally works, doing it that way. Yeah. Um, so I think the other thing to think about is thinking about your current business and yeah. thinking about what tasks are taking the most effort like if you feel like you want to change but you're not sure what to change but you feel that you need to change think about what tasks are taking the most effort and resources does that make sense michelle i think it does to me it's it you know it's two factors isn't it it's what it's the what is taking your effort your energy i'd also say your enthusiasm as well as your your Mm. physical resources i think the other factor to consider is then what return are you getting on those so what value are you getting back and um, that is not just about money, but it's also about value as in terms of enjoyment, but value in terms of personal development or growth from a, or a purely personal level. And I think you can always put them on a grid. But the, the thing I would say is, yeah, think about your current, which ones are taking the, the most effort or feel like the most grief. And then and then have a look at that. I mean, you can even write them down, Katie, or put, put them on a grid with those two axes and say, look, what is the stuff that takes the most effort, but gives me the least back? Or which of the effort I begrudge the most, but I get the least value for. But then also, you know, map it out and have a look at which which is the stuff that gives me the most joy or the most reward or the most money or the most development or the most excitement. And but actually doesn't feel like a lot of effort or doesn't take a lot of my time or resources. And you can probably find the, the, the things that really make the most of your time, the bits where you feel really buzzed and energized and the bits where you really don't. And I think there's definitely an exercise there that I tend to do with people where you just, um, you know, start to either sack off or move away from the stuff that takes a lot of effort it doesn't give you much back perhaps realign some things so that you're getting more in the space where it's taking your your the time and energy you love but getting the reward back as well so yeah definitely that whole hassle versus reward ratio i think it's got to work for you with each thing that you do and look at if you can outsource some of it as well so it, yeah if if there is stuff that that is just taking away your time and you're not enjoying it and your energy. But if it's a necessary part of your work, can you outsource it and use that time that you would have spent to generate more money to cover the cost of that? So I think that's that's a, a good way of looking at yeah, it. Yeah, minimise it or outsource it or delegate it or automate it in some way. Then, yeah, I think that that's definitely a thing. So you can then create the space because I think a lot of business people have these ideas in their head, but either unless they talk them through or unless you start to map them out or whether it's a, you know, a whiteboard or a piece of paper or you talk it through with someone or a list, you know, unless you actually physically get it out of your head in some way, sometimes only when you take that step back and start to look at it, you can start to see what's really happening and you can realign it and, and start to identify the areas where 
where you're going to get the most uh, bang for your buck to, to use a, a financial yeah. phrase and then Katie we, oh my we, god I miss my whiteboard oh. so much like I, I haven't had my whiteboard since May and I swear it's like really impacted my creativity and ability to change and do strategy I'm so excited I'm getting reunited with it on Friday <laughs> I really wanted to get one I've, I've got space for one now Anyway, sorry, what were you saying before? No, that, so when we talked, I was just going to say, we, we spoke about strengths, didn't we, in the previous episode, so in episode 29. Yeah. And I think that's the other thing about refreshing your business as well. You don't just want it to feel exciting and new and shiny now while you're refreshing it. Um, you, 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 I think you'll get that momentary high when you've done the refresh. Or you know, I think you, you work so hard thinking, oh, this is going to feel really good when I've launched it. But of course, half the joy really is in the creation. And I think once you've launched it, you breathe this sigh of relief and then it's launched. And I think that kind of wave of euphoria just sort of dips a bit afterwards and then you, you find a rhythm and then it be- you might might become stale again or it might feel routine again. So I think, think about what your real strengths are. And in the previous episode, we said, you know, strength isn't just what you're good at. You're good at what you're good at because you've done it a lot. But think about what really energizes you. So what really gets you feeling buzzed? Which are the clients which you walk away from going, oh, wow, I, I really loved working with that person. Think about the kind of work which give you the best satisfaction. Also think about what you liked. What did you just enjoy doing just because the, the, the pleasure of doing it felt really good to you? But also what comes easily, which are the things that you do where you're in the zone, where you can just pick them up easily or solve the problem problem or you get lost in the task these are the sort of things that are going to make a a business refresh feel exciting and make sure that wave of euphoria you get once you've created it will last long into the future not just in the here and now and I think the other thing to say is if if you can't get what you need out of your if you can't get everything that you need out of your business but you but it's but it you know does you just fine um i think we mentioned this in the previous episode or the one before about like there's a a lot of talk at the moment about you know anti-passion almost movement going on where people are kind of pushing back a little bit about this idea of oh you've got to find what you love and like find your passion and do what you're passionate about and then you never work a day in your life and actually a lot of people are saying the reality of it is that no do you know what in any business there's going to be a bit of dull stuff like there's going to be a bit of drudgery to get through um and so I think there might be times when you're you know you're perfectly happy with your business and it you get what you you kind of get enough from it but it doesn't take you to that next level but then look at actually rather than having to completely change your business can you get that same buzz or whatever you need from somewhere else so I know for me if I've got like a little side project that I'm working on, that actually ticks a lot of boxes for me and means, and I think that's kind of what's enabled me to do roughly the same business for six years is that I have had other side projects where I've been, where I've been able to channel that new shiny creative energy. And so I've been able to then just do the doing on my kind of main money income business. Um, so that'd be another, op- another option to look at is like, if you feel like a change, it doesn't necessarily have to be a change to your primary business. It could be a new business or a change in something else in your life to kind of scratch that itch, as it were. Yeah, you could start a group. You could you could do do anything really. Start yeah, join some other networking groups or yeah, create a, create a service outside of that, which I think is a good idea. And some businesses do have lulls, or sometimes people have lulls. You know, they just mm. <laughs> just go through periods where you're having a bit of a lull. Don't change your business if if it's just a momentary 
dip because that's quite normal like you say katie the anti-passion thing we're not supposed to be hyped about everything we do every second of the day so it's it's okay to have a bit of a bit of a slump from from time to time i think that's absolutely fine definitely well at the end of each episode we always try and have one tip or takeaway um that if people could just do one thing around this topic or this problem what would it be so michelle what would your one tip be for people who are thinking about hitting refresh i think i would probably just ask if you're looking for something new and exciting i think just speak to your current customer base and see if there's something small you could test out with them find some willing uh, volunteers some willing guinea pigs and maybe just try a new product or a service just on a very small scale just to get that feedback and proof of concept that should tell you pretty quickly whether or not you're going in the right direction and should hopefully give you enough um creativity and enough uh, newness and experimentation to keep you happy so that way you get the nice balance of the personal change but also the the business stuff as well what about you katie i just really like that question of what problem can i solve for you um so again going going to your kind of existing customers or audience i mean actually my 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 customers is a bit different to my audience in some ways because my customers are people for whom i've already created squarespace websites whereas most of the people that follow me on social media um probably are people who are thinking about creating a Squarespace site or don't have a Squarespace site or maybe have made their own Squarespace site. Um, so I think you've got two kind of two options there. But I think it's just going to them and say like, knowing me as you do, are there any other problems I can solve? I love that idea. It's really cool. But just be prepared to listen to the answer and say no to it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and as always, we would love to hear about your problems. <laughs> in a nice constructive positive way yeah i don't want to hear about your achy uh, knee or uh, you yeah know. <laughs> um but but you can uh, you can get in touch with us on twitter now at 99 problems cast so that's the number 99 problems cast as in podcast um and we'd like to hear any thoughts you have about change anything any changes that you've made any tips that you have for other people and also any problems that you'd like us to tackle in the future um we're kind of heading towards uh halfway we were trying to decide is 49 or is 50 halfway so like halfway through episode 49 we will be halfway to our 99 problems we'll ring a bell uh, so or if something there are problems yeah yeah exactly and so if there are problems you want us to tackle let us know um and of course if you want to make sure you get all the new episodes then subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to them and until then enjoy freelancing and we'll see you next time for an episode of 99 problems but a boss ain't one <laughs>